For the most part, science has solved many of the mysteries surrounding human migration. We know, for example, that humankind evolved in Africa and spread throughout the Middle East and into Europe and Asia before crossing over into the Americas. Despite this trajectory, there are still populations in remote corners of the world whose origins remain a mystery. The Ainu people of Japan, whom I touched upon in a previous episode, are genetically unrelated to other East Asian populations and continue to be studied by anthropologists the world over. The Andamanese, an indigenous people who live off the coast of India, are believed to be descended from the first peoples who left Africa some 50,000 years ago, though this remains inconclusive. Of all the human populations with mysterious origins, however, perhaps none are as fascinating and mysterious as the Basques of northeastern Spain and southwestern France. Until recently, this unique culture was thought to be directly descended from the original hunter-gatherer societies that populated the European continent during the last Ice Age, but new studies show that this is not the case. Still, to be a Basque is to boast a heritage that is as old as the foundation of Europe herself. Just what are the origins of the Basque people? Are they really the first Europeans? And what is their standing in modern European society? I'm Chester Sakamoto, your host, and welcome to the History Loves Company podcast, because history is shaped by all of us. Humans have been present in Europe since the last Ice Age. They were itinerant groups that hunted the megafauna of the time, bison, mammoths, and woolly rhinos, for food, clothing, and even shelter. The first were the Neanderthals, who appeared 130,000 years ago. Alongside them, but appearing much later, were the Cro-Magnons, considered by scientists to be the first anatomically modern humans to inhabit the continent. With the last of the Neanderthals going extinct some 40,000 years ago, the Cro-Magnons and their descendants reigned supreme, until even after the Ice Age ended. For much of that time, though their tools continued to evolve, their lifestyle more or less remained the same. But then, 7,000 years ago, they were introduced to practices that would revolutionize and change the face of Europe forever. The year is 5000 BC the start of the Neolithic period, from the Greek meaning New Stone Age. It was during this time that migrant groups who originated in the Near East, North Africa and Mesopotamia, made their way into Europe, establishing the first permanent settlements in various places throughout the continent. They brought with them the practice of farming, having domesticated both plants and animals for harvesting purposes. One of these groups settled in Iberia, present-day Spain and Portugal, where they introduced these revolutionary practices to the descendants of the Ice Age hunter-gatherers. They also began to mingle with the local population, the mixed culture of which would form the start of the Basque lineage. A few generations down the line, the ancestors of the Basques became isolated from the rest of these combined hunter-gatherer farming groups that were now scattered across Europe. Scientists as well as historians attribute this to the rugged mountainous terrain of northeastern Spain and southwestern France, as well as their language, which set them apart. For centuries, they lived in relative seclusion, unaffected by the subsequent migrations that poured into the continent in the ensuing centuries, the first and largest being the arrival of the Indo-Europeans from the steppes of Central Asia in around 4,000 BC, the progenitors of most modern European cultures and languages. It wasn't until 196 BC, however, that they had their first brush with the outside world when their homeland, like much of the known world at the time, was absorbed into the Roman Empire, though it's important to note that they enjoyed a decidedly peaceful existence under their rule. In the years following Rome's fall, however, the famed Basque country, known as Vasconia in Roman Latin, found itself in a precarious situation. 
Nestled in the Pyrenees Mountains between the current Spanish-French border, the region became ripe for the taking with the Visigothic Kingdom of northern Spain, the Muslim Umayyad dynasty of southern Spain, and the Franks of southern France all vying to control the region. By AD 1000, Vasconia had divided itself into separate feudal states, namely Sul and Laborde and the Pyrenees proper, and Castile, Aragon, and Pamplona south of the mountain chain, emerging as thriving Spanish centers with heavy Basque populations. The largest and greatest of these was the Kingdom of Pamplona, later the Kingdom of Navarre, though it too was divided into a series of feudal states when it fell under the influence of both Spain, namely the Kingdom of Castile, and France from the late 12th century through the early 14th century respectively. But the lives of the Basques will be turned upside down when, in the late 14th century, a series of feuds between local ruling families known as the War of the Bands broke out. For nearly 80 years, following a civil war that destabilized the Kingdom of Castile, nobles fought for land and power, often taking their violence to the streets of northern Spanish towns with heavy Basque populations. To make matters worse, a civil war in the Kingdom of Navarre between 1451 and 1455 brought even more political instability when it was carved up as a result of all the infighting. One portion of the kingdom, however, dubbed Lower Navarre, remained an autonomous Basque region, just out of reach of the Reconquista, the Christian reconquering of Spain from the Muslims and other outsiders, quote-unquote. It remained so until 1620, when it became a French province. Despite being ruled by yet another foreign power, the Basques continued to enjoy their autonomy in Lower Navarre until 1790, when the French Revolution broke out. As a result of the conflict, they lost their native laws and institutions, which had been upheld during the Ancien Régime, literally the Old Régime, a reference to the previous French monarchy. The Basque population in Spain fared no better, for in 1833, the first in a series of civil wars, known as the Carlist Wars, sent the country into chaos. A bitter battle for power over the throne, the Basques aligned themselves with Carlos V, the heir apparent, who respected their wishes for a Basque nation within the Pyrenees. Their opposition, the regent of the kingdom, Maria Cristina, acting in favor of Isabella II, who would ultimately become queen, desired a unified Spain, one in which a Basque nation was null and void. Throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, in which Spain was marred by civil war after civil war, the Basques were tossed back and forth like the ball in a tennis game, suffering a great deal of persecution under the regime of dictator Francisco Franco, which lasted from 1936 to 1975. It wasn't until 1978, when the Spanish constitution was drawn up and adopted, that they were, at last, granted their own autonomous regions within Spain as part of their ancestral homeland in and around the Pyrenees. Designated the Basque Autonomous Community, or BAC, and the Chartered Community of Navarre, respectively, they boast their own parliaments, high courts, and even presidents. On the French side of the border, the arrondissement, or administrative division, of Bayonne, as well as the cantons, territorial subdivisions of moléon lichard and Tardes-sur-Olus, are designated Basque administrative units. The Basque language is the lingua franca of both sectors. Today, Basque speakers stand somewhere in the range of 800,000 in both Europe and their diaspora populations, and there are concerted efforts to keep it alive. Despite this progress, the late 20th century saw a rise in Basque nationalism. Comprised of a series of groups, both passive-resistant and extremist, they wished to see the return of more, if not all, of their ancestral homelands to their possession, as well as their own fully independent sovereign state. In Spain, demonstrations from both factions have commanded attention, with the Basque Parliament even asserting the right of self-determination in the Spanish government in both 2002 and 2006. So far, nothing further has been done, but certain groups, particularly the extremist ones, have gone as far as to demonstrate their dissatisfaction by carrying out bombings and other attacks in Spanish towns and cities. Though the future of full-on independence remains uncertain, and oftentimes bloody, what is clear is that the Basques as well as their unique heritage are here to stay. 
To be Basque is to bear witness to history. Since the dawn of civilization, these robust people have established themselves on the world stage as a culture unlike any other. From humble beginnings in their ancestral homeland, they've seen empires rise and fall, and shifts in power for good and for ill. And yet, through it all, they've not only persisted, but thrived. They offer us a glimpse into humanity's storied past. Perhaps we can learn a great deal from them and their plight, as it truly inspires us to march on into the future. Thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. 2021's admittedly off to a rocky start, but I'm nonetheless excited for the possibilities it may hold. What are some of the things you're excited about for the new year? Follow me on Instagram at history underscore loves underscore company and let me know in the DMs. If you like what you hear and wish to support me to ensure future quality content, then please consider becoming a monthly supporter. Just go to anchor.fm slash history loves company and click the support button, which will reveal monthly support plans in three different tiers. Your continued help and support are greatly appreciated, and I'm thankful for all of you. Be sure to tune in next Thursday and every Thursday for a brand new episode of the History Loves Company podcast, because history is shaped by all of us. This is Chester Sakamoto signing off. See you next week.